A dark-haired beauty of tender years is touched by evil and kindles fears. A malignant force runs through her veins, a soulless shell as blood she rinds. Fair servant girls she does enslave, tortured and bleed in ways depraved. In her huge castle of broken mirrors, where screams are concealed in its terror, her accursed desire stirs every day, as drinking blood lets out her stay. Old skin renewed in the bloody baths, the innocent saturated by her wrath. Teeth ripping tears, flesh she devours. Six hundred and fifty die to engorge youthful powers. Buckets of blood ran across her floor, like waves lapping against evil shore. Wickedness built in its roots in the air, forsaken by her deeds was the snare. To be forever the darkness bride, no matter how hard she had tried. Hate blocked her way to forgiveness, surrounded by bloody madness. When girls she picked from nobility, authorities approached with hostility. Welcome to the House of Harris podcast. I'm Heather Harris. And I'm James Danger Harris. Or Jimmy D, if you'd like. What? Yeah. Every episode you come up with a new nickname for yourself. No, just just throw that one out there. So you're saying, yeah, okay. Not like Jimmy D, like the sausage guy, Jimmy D. I thought you said Jimmy D, not Jimmy Dean. Okay. I did not need that explanation. Just clarifying it for you. <laughs> How are you tonight, James Harris? I'm great. Well, that's good. Are you ready for the podcast tonight? Yep. I'm in my pajamas and I've got my energy drink, so I'm I'm good to go. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you... <laughs> Little sound effects there for you. Yeah, thank you. We needed that. So tonight's story is one of my favorites, one of the first known female serial killers because you're a sicko no i just like weird things tonight's episode is on the countess elizabeth bathory also known as the blood countess also known as countess dracula is that what you said yes yeah i like how you emphasize that countess dracula yeah well it's what you said so can I get into my story? Go for it. Don't let me interrupt you. But you do every time. That's just my charm. Unfortunately, I can't really be too funny on this episode because uh, some pretty crazy stuff goes down. Yeah, except you always manage to be funny on all the episodes. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I'm sure you'll have something. Can I start? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this one. Okay. As I'm super a... excited for this. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. I'm going to punch you in your head. As a child, my uncle would tell me all sorts of crazy tales. Once he told me about Jack the Ripper, 
And then he bought me a book on Jack the Ripper. Yes, I was probably under 10. Surprised my parents didn't get mad about that. But one day he told me the haunting tale of a beautiful countess who was locked away in a tower. But this countess was walled into the tower inside of a castle. She committed some pretty terrible crimes, killed many people, and her punishment was to be bricked up in her tower until the day she died. Except she wasn't actually. I know, but that's the story he told me. Oh, okay, yeah. I can still hear his voice today as he told me the tale of the countess. As I grew older, one day I realized who he was actually talking about. It was Countess Elizabeth Bathory, one of the first recorded female serial killers. And so began my fascination with the bloody countess. Over the years, I've read many books and watched a few movies about Elizabeth. Some of my favorite books about her are Dandelions in the Garden by Charlie Cortland, Bathory, Memoir of a Countess by A. Mordeaux, The Countess by Rebecca Johns, and Elizabeth Bathory, A Memoir by Kimberly Craft. Most of these novels are historical fictions and tales spun from most of the history that we know about her, but some of them are downright disturbing. A few times I even thought twice about continuing reading the story because some of the torture scenes are pretty intense, but it's all based on a true story, apparently, which I guess is even more terrifying. Elizabeth was born in Royal Hungary in 1560 or 1561. Scholars aren't quite sure. She spent most of her childhood at Ekchid Castle. Her father was Baron George Bathory VI of the Ekchid branch of the family, and her mother was Baroness Anna Bathory, daughter of Stephen Bathory of Smolio. Through her mother, Elizabeth was the niece of the Hungarian noble Stephen Bathory, the King of Poland and the Grand Duke of Lithuania, of the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth and the Prince of Transylvania. Prince of Transylvania and the Baron of Smallville? Stephen Bathory? Yeah. Her older brother, named Stephen also, became a Judge Royal of Hungary. When Elizabeth was very young, she suffered many seizures that historians believe may have been caused by epilepsy, which would have possibly stemmed from the inbreeding of her parents. That'll do it. (laughs) But the symptoms associated with epilepsy were diagnosed as falling sickness, and the treatments included rubbing blood of a non-sufferer on the lips of the epileptic, or giving the epileptic a mix of non-sufferer's blood and a piece of skull as their episode ended. That was a bad idea. This has led to speculation that Bathory's killings during her later life were part of her efforts to cure the illness that she suffered from all of her life. But there isn't any hard evidence to support this theory. Many historians say that the actions she committed later in life were due to her family teaching her to be cruel. As a young child, she witnessed the execution of a man accused of selling his child to the Turks. This is going to get intense. I know. I already know what's coming. The executioner sewed him alive in the belly of a horse. That's right. As Elizabeth watched, she reputedly giggled at the man's head poking out of the horse's belly for one last time before disappearing completely into his grisly tomb. 
Yeah, apparently that was very common back then. Yeah, that was definitely a, a way to execu- execute people back then. Crazy. Yeah. There are stories that describe her witnessing brutal punishments executed by her family's officers and being taught by family members involved with Satanism and witchcraft. There were rumors that her aunt was a witch and also a bisexual and a sadist. Oh. Yeah, which uh, some people said that she learned some of her stuff from her and that they perhaps had an incestuous relationship. Elizabeth learned Latin, German, Hungarian, and Greek as a young adult. She had much wealth, education, and a great social position. It is alleged that before her first marriage, around age 13, she gave birth to a baby. The baby, who was supposedly fathered by a peasant boy, was given away to a local woman that was trusted by the Bathory family. She was paid well, and she took the baby to Wallachia. The evidence supporting this pregnancy came after Elizabeth's death through rumors spread by peasants. Therefore, the rumor is oftentimes disputed. She became engaged at age 10 to Franz Nattisday, who was the son of Baron Thomas Nattisday D. Nattist at Fogosford and Orsolia Canisay. Fogo de Chow. That's what it sounds like. In what is believed to have been a political arrangement within the circles of aristocracy. She refused to change her last name since her social standing was higher than that of her husband's. So her husband assumed the surname Bathory. She was a baller. Yes. And you know, people, that didn't happen back then. That doesn't usually happen now. Definitely doesn't happen now. They were married when she was 15 and he was 19 on May 8th, 1575. And 4,500 people were invited to their wedding. Damn. It's a big wedding. It's a big wedding. Way bigger than ours. Just a little bit. (laughs) I couldn't imagine that many people. Ferenc's wedding gift to Elizabeth was his household, Checha Castle, located in the Little Carpathians in present-day Slovakia. In 1578, Ferenc became the chief commander of Hungarian troops, leading them to war against the Ottomans. You know, Vigo was a Carpathian. Yes, I know he was. When her husband was away at war, Bathory managed business affairs and the estates. She was responsible for the Hungarian and Slovak people, which often included medical care. I bet she was great at that. Elizabeth's first daughter, Anna, was born in 1585. Her other children included Orsolia, 1590, Catalan, 1594, Andres, 1596, and Pal, 1598. Some information leads historians to believe she had another son named Miklos, but it has never been confirmed as he is not named in Bathory's will in 1610. He could have died very young or even been a cousin. Georgie is supposedly another name of a deceased infant of Elizabeth's, but that cannot be confirmed either. Elizabeth's husband, Franz, died on January 4th, 1604, at the age of 48. The exact cause of his death is not known, but the illness seems to have started in 1601 and caused debilitating pain in his legs. He never fully recovered and in 1603 became permanently disabled. Elizabeth and Franz were married for 29 years. Before he died, he entrusted his heirs and widow to Georgi Thorzo 
who would later lead the investigation into Bathory's crimes. Dun, dun, dun. According to History.com, Frentz built his wife a torture chamber to her specifications. Bathory's torture included jamming pins and needles under the fingernails of her servant girls, tying them down, smearing them with honey, and leaving them to be attacked by bees and ants. Although the Count participated in his wife's cruelties, he may have restrained many of her impulses, and when he died, Elizabeth became much worse. Yeah, he was he was actually a pretty sick bastard himself. Yes. Um, actually teaching her a lot of the things that she learned uh, as far as torture goes. Mm-hmm. When, and they participated in some of the tortures together. Yes. When he was at war, the things that he used to do to the Ottomans was pretty gruesome. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard that... Um, he would be he would torture people and he would um light pieces of paper in between their toes yes. to keep them awake while they were actually being tortured yeah so that's pretty sick mhm yeah guess they were made for each other yeah so that was a match made in hell mhm in one of the books i read which is fiction it described one reason elizabeth decided to smear blood on herself One day, a servant was brushing her hair. When she pulled her hair accidentally, Elizabeth became enraged and hit the girl. The girl's blood landed on her face. She believed the area on her face where the blood landed appeared younger, clearer, and more beautiful. This is where the idea of bathing in blood would keep her more youthful came from. Now, again, that's according to a book that I read, so there's no evidence of that. Yeah, they've never actually proven that she did that. It's just speculation yes i'm getting to that thank you though although i can definitely believe that she hit her servants i mean obviously she she did way worse than that so and if you think about it around that time the cures for certain illnesses right a lot of times revolved around blood right bloodletting you saw the smearing of blood on the lips like it's not too far-fetched that she would smear blood on her face and although like she, a cold cream. And although she is quite a bit more sinister than other people, um, it was common to torture servants back in those days. That's true. Which is really sad. It's terrible. Yes. But there have never been any references to Elizabeth bathing in blood. It's believed to have been fictionized from oral history of the area. Sadistic pleasure is a more plausible motive for what she did. With the help of her former nurse, Ilona Jew, and local witch, Doretta Sentes, Elizabeth began abducting peasant girls to torture and kill. Um, in one book, so Doretta's nickname was Dar- Darvalia. Uh, in one of the books I read, they actually believed that Darvalia and Elizabeth were lovers I after can, he died. Yeah, I can believe that. Um so they did they were in love and she helped her with all her awful crimes and everything right. else. So I have heard that before too. Again, there's no evidence to prove that, right. but they were very close. Right. Between 1602 and 1604, rumors of Elizabeth's atrocities spread through the kingdom. Lutheran minister Estevan Magari made complaints against her, both publicly and at court in Vienna. It took a while for authorities to respond to the complaints. Finally, in 1610, King Matthias II assigned Thorzo to investigate. 
He then ordered two notaries to collect evidence against her. By October 1610, they had collected 52 witness statements. By 1611, they had collected more than 300 witnesses. According to testimonies, Elizabeth's first victims were girls aged 10 to 14 years. Later, it is said that she began killing daughters of lesser gentry who were sent to her castle by their parents to learn courtly etiquette. That's where she messed up. Exactly. So, originally, she was taking the peasant girls. Right, and nobody cares about that. Nobody cares. They disappeared. She said they ran off. They met They met a guy. They fell in love. Exactly. It's easy to explain it away. Super easy. Um, and the parents are peasants. Nobody's going to listen to them. No. It's not like now where you report your child missing and they investigate. Right. It's not like that at all. But then you start killing nobles and people get and then they, aware of it. They yeah. know. The atrocities described mostly consisted of severe beatings, burning or mutilation of hands, biting them, and freezing or starving to death. She was also suspected of cannibalism. Many of the girls were buried on the castle property and in other unmarked locations. On December 12, 1610, Nikola V. Zerinsky confirmed the agreement with Thorzo about the imprisonment of Elizabeth and distribution of her estate. On December 30th, Thorzo went to Cheche Castle and arrested Elizabeth along with four of her servants who were accused of being her accomplices. Did they really have a choice, though? Of course not. I mean, she would have killed them just as easily. Yeah, of course. According to a letter from Thorzo to his wife, his unannounced visit when he went to the castle. Well, I wouldn't imagine he would have just like told him he was coming if he was going to arrest her. His unannounced visit found one dead girl and another living prey girl in the castle. Thorzo debated the crimes and proceedings with her son, Paul, and two of her son-in-laws. They knew a trial and execution would have caused a public scandal. An influential family which ruled Transylvania would be disgraced, and Elizabeth's considerable property would have been seized by the crown. They originally planned for Elizabeth to be taken away to a nunnery. But as accounts of her murder of the daughters of lesser nobility spread, it was agreed that she would be kept under strict house arrest, and that any further punishment should be avoided. Sounds like a slap on the wrist. Yeah, definitely. I mean, basically for killing that many people. Mm-hmm. The, fun- the punishment doesn't fit the crime there. No. Many of the witnesses testified that they heard the accusations from other people and didn't see anything themselves. Oh, okay. Her servants confessed under torture, which, of course, isn't credible in today's world. It's not. They were executed very quickly. There the servants? Is- yes. That's just wrong. According to all of the witness statements, they helped and they participated. They would have died either way. Right. They literally had no choice, and yet they still died. Exactly. This is 1610. 1610 can suck my dick. It's not 2020. Yeah, I know. Six, yeah, 1610 is not okay. Except stuff, terrible stuff like that happens in 2020 now, too, but whatever. Yeah, terrible That's stuff besides the though. point. There is no evidence that anyone in the area complained about the countess. The two trials were held after her arrest. She was detained in the castle of Cheche. Cheche Castle. Cheche Castle. For the rest of her life. She died at the age of 54. Thorzo wrote that Elizabeth was locked in a bricked room, but according to other sources, written documents from priests, she was able to move freely and unhindered in the castle. So today... That's house arrest. Except she's it's a castle, so it's 
castle arrest. Yeah, it's way cooler than she house arrest. She gets a full fucking castle to herself. Full castle. On the evening of August 20th, 1614, Elizabeth complained to her bodyguard that her hands were cold, whereupon he replied, It's nothing, mistress. Just go lie down. So she went to sleep and was found dead the following morning. She was buried in the Chacha Church on November 25th, 1614. But according to some sources, due to the villagers' uproar over having her buried in the cemetery, her body was moved to her birth home at Ekjed, where it was interred in the Bathory family crypt. Laszlo Najay argued that Elizabeth may have been the victim of a conspiracy. He argued that the proceedings against her were politically motivated due to her extensive wealth and ownership of large areas of land in Hungary, escalating after the death of her husband. And this theory is consistent with Hungarian history at the time. However, the evidence against her, including over 300 witnesses, numerous bodies, and dead and dying girls found at the castle when Thorzo entered, would need to be disputed. Sure. I mean, people were always trying to uh, usurp power back then. Yeah. So it's probably a combination of both. I'm sure it is. When her husband died, she was just going on living her life. Living, um, ruling her states, take care of everybody, doing her thing. She had tons of money. Right, and we know how rich people are usually eccentric. Yeah, I mean she's a little more than eccentric because she's killing people. But yeah, yeah. So I could totally see them embellishing some of it. Although, let's be honest, one murder is too many murders. So yeah, no matter how many people she killed, she still killed people. But my argument, how many men back there that ruled killed people all the time? Many people. Um, and I can tell you. Never I got, can t- actually, I can tell you. Pretty, never got house arrest. Pretty, pretty accurately. Every single one of them. Exactly. They were kings and barons and that's just what they did back then. Mm-hmm. They executed people on the regular. Sewn them into stomachs of horses. <laughs> exactly. They got away with it. Yeah, which doesn't sound any better than what she did to them. No, that sounds awful. Yeah. I mean, you're literally, I don't even know how you die being sewn into the horse, uh, into the stomach of a horse. You suffocate. Slowly. Yeah. Very yeah. painfully. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine the smell is very good either. Mm-mm. Oh, Jesus. And in the books I read, there was a lot more torture scenes that that were described that Elizabeth witnessed as a child. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, it gets pretty intense. There's a lot of, like, flaying of people and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, she grew up seeing that. Right. I mean, that's going to shape your whole... Especially the way that that she treated servants. It was taught by her family. Oh, right. It's not something that she just did one day. It's, It's... how she was raised. Right. Which, of course, is not an excuse. Oh, no. It's not an excuse. No. She, she killed she's one still person. A, she still deserves. She's to, still a sick person. To be. Regardless. Punished for that. Yeah. But then, you know, a lot of it has to do with probably mental instability and stuff like that. Being from an incestuous birth and. She has medical issues. Medical issues. Epilepsy. epilepsy and obviously, I'm not saying that anyone with epilepsy goes out and kills people. No. That's not what happens. But, but today, people are treated for those things. Right. And not Back by then, putting they weren't. the blood of a non-sufferer Suffer. on your lips. Right. 
Elizabeth appeared to be an independent woman who maintained her home and her husband's affairs well after he passed away. Did this anger outsiders? Was this motivation enough to convict her of these crimes? I know we just talked about it, but yeah, it sounded cool it. to say that. I wanted to say that first, but you just kept going. Sorry, I get in the mood. And if she did commit these heinous crimes, it's pretty jacked up that she was allowed to remain on house arrest until she died. Just like Vlad Tepe's, many vampire legends and lures have been spun from the story of Elizabeth Bathory. Yeah, she's one of the original inspirations for vampires because of all of the blood rituals. Yeah, and because she bathed in blood, I mean, it's, I guess it goes hand in hand with drinking blood. Right, sure. I could see how, um, how that could be. As a vampire, associated. you drink blood, and it, I don't want to say keeps vampires youthful, but it keeps right. them alive. It's funny because the two main people that vampires are based off of never actually drank blood. Right. They were just sick people, but they never actually drank blood. They were just murderers. They were just murderers, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And actually, when you think about it, the things that they did were worse than drinking blood. Yeah, in worse a way. than being a vampire. Yeah. like Way worse. Vlad Tepe's was pretty awful. Yeah, impaling people on sticks for his enemies to see. Mm-hmm. That scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed our episode tonight. Um, this is one that I loved researching and I enjoy reading. And if you like weird things like this, feel free to check out any of the books that I mentioned in the beginning. They're all pretty good. A couple of them are pretty gruesome, but they're very interesting, especially if you want to see an author's take on how somebody comes to be that kind of person. Stay tuned for our next couple of episodes. We're going to take place in October, which is our favorite month of the year because it's our favorite holiday, right? Halloween. Halloween. Um, and we are asking people who listen to our podcast to send us scary stories, true stories, something weird that's happened to you. It can be ghost-related, haunting, supernatural, uh, creepy, if you've had a weird encounter with somebody. Um, it can be anything. And you can email them to houseofharrispodcast at gmail.com. Or you can Facebook message either one of us. Or if you're one of our friends, feel free to text us. Um, and each episode will be based on something different. I've already got quite a few stories that people have sent me for hauntings and creepy dolls. And No, we're not doing creepy dolls. Yes. No. Creepy people. Creepy yes. people, yeah. Creepy dolls, no. Yes. Creepy dolls. Jimmy you can do creepy, creepy dolls. dolls. And I will You'll go do something else. You'll be here. And we will also have a special guest on one of the episodes. One of the first episodes. And he cannot wait to get on here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why do you say that? Oh, I can't wait for that. I, I can't wait for it either. It's going to be an awesome episode. He's got some really cool things to talk about. Uh, cool, does. freaky, weird things. Yeah. And I even have some good stories of my own to share. And I don't. No, because nothing weird has ever happened to Jimmy. Yeah. He's very boring. That's not true. So stay tuned for Spooktober. Oh, I like that. Look at you being all creative. We'll see you in this life for the next one. This episode is brought to you by Virgin Blood. Keeping bitches young since 1560. 
<laughs> That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> You can say hungry. You're going to put that at the end of this one since you did mine the last time.